T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Connect pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Awesome to be with you on a Monday night. Oh, man. You know, Mondays I always feel like, you know, we got the the one hour and I'm going to hit on a few topics and I always want to like, I'm going to expand on those later in the week. And we'll do that with some of the stuff that we have tonight. Um, We've got the Billikens tomorrow night and uh, looking forward to that. They're on a really nice streak here lately with a five-game winning streak. I know you just heard all about it. Uh, But... Uh, it's worth mentioning again. They've had a hell of a run here. Uh, we'll get back to hockey later this week. The Blues will be back in action on Thursday night, coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, now in possession of the NHL's fastest player. Well, he was that before, but he won the he won the whole competition in the All-Star weekend. So uh, tip the cap to Jordan Cairo, team's All-Star representative. And now again, holding the title of the fastest man in the league. So we'll have hockey with Super Bowl week. I can't do Super Bowl talk all week. I can't. It's hard, even in normal times, to do that. You just get sick of talking about the same game. I thought I did a pretty good job of ignoring it last week. (laughs) Like, like after we got through, like, Monday was fun because we were talking about the championship games on Sunday, and they were fun and entertaining games. But after that, it's like, okay, I don't need to spend two weeks talking about a single game. And I don't even like to spend a whole week talking about the game. But later in the week, we'll look at the the Super Bowl game. God, please let the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Please let the Bengals win the Super Bowl. It is a little bit more irritating when it's the Rams there. And I I think a lot of us, I think I speak for a lot of people that are football fans in St. Louis that wish that the team was run with the same sense of urgency and intensity in, in back in the day as it is now. But nice if Stan would have had that kind of let's go for it mentality while the team was still here. You know, now their job is, eh, draft picks. Eh, who cares? We'll just trade them all for star players, and we're just going to be a team of star players. Would have been nice to see that little edginess back in the day. <laughs> but see, that would have worked against their argument, though. They had to go in the tank so that they could have the quote-unquote need to move to L.A. Anyway, while I like a lot of their players, I will be a big Bengals fan this week. And I'm a big Joe Burrow fan anyway, so I'm um, looking forward to talking about that a little later in the week. Today, today I got a lot of baseball stuff. 
Some of it's practical, right? Some of the stuff, some of the things that have been happening here in the last couple of days, the PR battle. And by the way, I can't, come on. Can, I'm tired of being mad at, at, at the owners and Rob Manfred because they pull all these PR stunts like, haha, we're, watch this. We're going to suggest mediation because we know they won't do it. and It'll make us look good. Like, how about this? Just sit your ass down and talk. Both, I mean, I, I don't think the players should win every argument. That by no way is what I'm arguing. But they should win some of the arguments. You know, the owners just had ten, the t- probably the ten most profitable years in baseball history because of two really favorable CBAs and all of the other circumstances surrounding the sport, with TV rights fees continuing to go up, so on and so forth. Maybe they'll, you know, I, I say all these things like I, I try not to get too frustrated, although it's hard sometimes. Because there's still a chance that they'll they'll get things settled in time for the regular season to start. I mean, they both know precisely where a deal would be struck here. You're never going to convince me otherwise. These two sides both know what would get a deal done today. But there's no pressure to do it today. Nobody, There's no money lost to the teams or the owners, which is the sucky part here because the people that lose are the people that work at spring training facilities, the small, the cities that host those. And by the way, a lot of cities and municipalities that help pay for those spring training facilities to exist get screwed when they don't have people coming down there and spending money and going to games. But it doesn't hurt the owners or the players until you get to the regular season. So that's why that's their deadline and not next week for the start of spring training. Yeah, you know what we'll just do? We'll just stomp all over the stadium workers, the vendors, the 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 local municipalities that have helped pay for stadiums for us to train in in spring training because they get to make some money out of that. No, forget all of them. They don't matter. We're going to step on them. Doesn't hurt us until the regular season. So the regular season's really, you know, the the where, what that will, what will provide the hard deadline. So early March is really the hard, the the hard deadline. So we've got potentially another month of this. <laughs> God forbid, please. I hope it's not more than that either, man. If it gets into the regular season, that's going to suck. Anyway, I got a few things I want to get to related to labor. Um, I wanted to get to ESPN's top 100 players of all time list and just the, the the ridiculousness of some. I know I made a big deal on Twitter of Derek Jeter being ahead of Albert Pujols on the list, which is just every form of nonsense. But there are some other things in the top 50 and even in the top 25 and really even in the top 10 that don't make any damn sense. Some of it involves Cardinal greats. Most of it does not. Most of it is just, okay, explain this to me. Explain this rationally. And here's the real explanation. The truth is that every single player that achieved greatness with the New York Yankees is pretty much overrated except Babe Ruth. Not overrated in the sense that they weren't great. Rated higher than they should be on a list like this because they were Yankees. And because the old-time Yankee teams won a lot of World Series because, go figure, the Yankees could outspend everybody. Like, that's ever been different at any point in history. But anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later on this hour, too. I want to jump around a little bit through some current events and then go back to that list a little because... 
Man, does that list provide good conversation. And I've got a few things out of that that I want to get to. Coming up next, I want to do a couple of things related to the lockout. Um, There's an interesting movement afoot, if you will. And one of them was was noted via Twitter from Craig Goldstein, who um, I enjoy. He's kind of a smart ass and uh, covers baseball for baseball prospectus. I think he does a good job. But I, he kind of was tweeting about it, and and there's kind of a movement afoot now where the 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 owners are essentially putting it out there that we're not sure we're actually even negotiating with Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer of the union. We feel like this might be Scott Boris. It's Scott Boris. Like, come on. Okay, I'm going to get into that in a second. And then also related to the lab, to the labor dispute, People, you you have to stop bringing your own political beliefs into sports arguments and then trying to retrofit the facts around what your politics are. Because that's what we're getting, I'm getting a lot when it comes to the argument owners versus players and all of that. Um, I've seen a lot of people throw the term around. I saw this in, in fact, I was just talking to my friend Derek Gould a little while ago, but I saw this in his chat today where it's like people like throwing out the word entitlement. Why do why is there such a sense of entitlement from the players? I'm like what you you understand it? No, right, I'll get to it later. I'm going to get to it in the next day because if I start now, I'm never going to stop. I got to do this on time. I'm going to take the break at the proper time, and we're going to talk about it in the next segment because we got to stop with falling into these politically charged terms. Entitlement. Yeah, you know what? When you generate a lot of money, you are entitled to make a lot of money, just like the owners are, by the way. And also, we're going to get into this idea of risk. I hear this all the time. Well, the owners take all the risk. No, they don't. There is no risk. I'll explain next on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. labor-related topics here on Sports Open Line and a couple things I want to get to on this one. So I saw this today and I saw it because I follow Craig Goldstein from Baseball Prospectus and he 
had quote tweeted some stuff that to me seemed really odd. Um, so not the baseball player, but but a reporter for the New York Times, um, Michael Schmidt, um, tweeted today that baseball faces its greatest labor crisis since the World Series was canceled in 94. The owners are increasingly convinced Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer, Bruce Meyer is their lead negotiator for the union, have had their power neutered and owners are actually negotiating against the hidden hand of the game's top agent, Scott Boris. I'm I'm sure you can note my sarcasm in reading that because it's so stupid. It is such a stupid idea. The hidden hand of Scott Boris. First of all, nothing that Scott Boris does is hidden. He's been saying all this stuff out loud. His opinions about collective bargaining agreements and negotiations, they're not private. They're not hidden. They're not behind the scenes. He says them out loud publicly. But see, what they're doing, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm hating about this process. This is what, what Major League Baseball did. And I mean the league office, the commissioner, certain owners, This is what they did when you're trying to negotiate the return from the COVID shutdown. They're they're trying to spin it to make themselves look better and to make the players look worse. That's what they did with the mediation thing last week, right? Watch this. We're going to suggest the thing that we know they're going to turn down, but it's going to make us potentially look good in the eyes of some people. And this is what this is here. Let's, let's let's, Let's create... I like somebody, I don't remember who said this, but somebody on Twitter said they've just created their boogeyman. It's Scott Boris. It's the big bad Boris. He's coming for your money. He's trying to ruin your sport, baseball fans. Big bad Boris. And in reality, it's not like, first of all, I'm not saying that agents, especially the agents, the magnitude of Scott Boris, I'm not saying they don't have influence. Of course they do. They always have, they always will. And it's not a secret. What is this with always trying to find the secret boogeyman who's working behind the scenes? He's not working behind. He's working out front. Remember the the whole the meetings, the winter meetings? Or was it the GM meetings? One of those. He was out there talking about these things publicly. He's not shy about his opinions. But yet here we are trying to look at another spin tactic from owners on this. It's not. Just stop it. Stop. I am saying this to every owner, to Rob Manfred. I know you're all listening because that's what you do. You listen to me at night. Every owner listens to me. (laughs) But owners, if you're listening, stop. Just stop. Just negotiate. Just, just, you give a little on something. The players give a little on something and we're all a little bit uncomfortable and then we have a deal. Why do we have to do this where we're trying to, Spin the narrative. Can we stop that, please? I know it's a. I'm making a request here live on the radio that will never be honored. It's just so frustrating. Just stop. Just stop with the the spin and and please just talk. I know it's not as simple as lock yourselves in a room until you come to a deal. Although I I'd be for that. I would turn that into a reality TV show. This is what they should do. 
MLB Network needs programming right now. They're not allowed to talk about Major League players, which is hilarious. First of all, you're being stupid and petty with that, too. MLB Network and MLB.com are not allowed to talk or write about players. What are we doing? I, how about this? Baseball Big Brother. We're going to listen to me. I got this is an idea. Baseball Big Brother. You're going to put all of the players on the negotiating team plus, you know, Tony Clark and, and Bruce Meyer. We're going to take them and we're going to put them in the Big Brother house. And then we're going to take the owners, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the, the, the committee. I don't know, whatever committee they have, whatever guys are on the committee, we're going to take those owners and Rob Manfred and whatever guys he's going to bring to negotiate, and you're going to go in the Big Brother house too. But no, here's the thing, though. In this Big Brother house, nobody gets kicked out. You're forced to stay longer if you don't get the deal done. So the idea is nobody gets out until everybody gets out. And look, I just created content for you. I just created a nightly show for MLB Network. And it's going to get social media play. Who knows what happens in there? Maybe there are fist fights. Maybe there are like little, you know, like little cat fights between an owner and a player. What do you think, guys? You think Baseball Big Brother is a show we could do? I mean, I know it's ridiculous, guys. I'm being a smart ass. But that is less ridiculous than what we're dealing with right now. But I'm all for it. Let's go. I got to call my friends. I got, you know, I know the guys at MLB Network Radio, but that's not the same. They're not owned by the same people. Like MLB owns MLB Network. MLB Network Radio is Sirius XM. But I got to find a way to get word and say, listen, guys, I got a chance. You can make some money while you're dealing with all this. You can get some, you know, like, you know, you get some buzz, right? Maybe even some people outside of the sports world pay attention if it's Big Brother Baseball Edition. Probably have to get, you know, the big brother people involved to use their name. Or maybe we call it something else, you know. But, you know, we can have our own version of it. So other than the the Boris Boogeyman thing, there's another what, another quick topic. I, this doesn't take me too long, I don't think. Because I do want to talk about the ESPN Top 100 list and what a crap show that is. But a couple things here. And I want to make a couple of quick points in this. Some of this... I, I get in emails, you know, I get it on Twitter whenever we're talking about labor things. I saw some references to it in uh, Derek Gould's chat for stltoday.com today as well. This idea that the owners and the players are in, too entitled. Like, why do they both have this sense of entitlement? Let me ask you, I'm going to tell you something. You want a lesson right now? Do you know why they have a sense of entitlement? Because you give it to them. The sense of entitlement that owners and players have is because of you. And me, by the way, me too, because I'm a baseball fan. I spend money on the sport. We give them that sense of entitlement by, by endlessly and continuously spending our money on the sport. They think they're entitled to it because we give them the feedback that says that they are. If you don't like it, stop it. But you can't just sit there and bitch and moan about it on Twitter. Like, why do they feel entitled? They feel entitled because of how we act. 
because of our television habits, because of what we spend our money on, the jerseys and the hats and the collectibles and the, and the tickets and the beer and the hot dogs, we provide the sense of entitlement, if there even is such a thing, we are the ones that provide it. If you don't like that, you stop providing it. And if enough people agree, maybe a message will be delivered. It's just like the ticket price thing. Ticket prices are not tied to players' salaries. They don't go, well, players are making more. We're going to charge more. No, no. They, they, they look at it and say, okay, what will people pay for our tickets? Oh, the research says they will pay $100 per ticket. Well, guess what? We're going to charge $100 per ticket. And if payrolls were cut in half tomorrow, your ticket prices wouldn't go down unless ticket sales went down, unless people stopped buying them. So again, we enable it. We, not just you. I said you because I already get this and I'm trying to explain this to you know those of you that don't get it. And I do know that a large percentage of people listening do get it. But it's, it's on us if we want to change that. And then finally... I want to get into this idea of risk. I've had so many baseball fans over the years who want to argue on the side of the owners, which again, to a degree, I can understand an argument on the owner's side. If you're going to argue the specifics of an issue, right? Like whether or not they should give in on, uh, you know, earlier free agency, you could make the argument that that's not a good thing. Take the owner's side because Hey, players getting to free agents earlier can actually be bad for fans too. Right? Okay, like there are positions to take that are pro-owner, but the bigger picture thing where you're like, well, they take all the risk, so why shouldn't they get the rewards? Like, what risk? What risk? Name for me the last franchise that sold for less money than it was purchased for. Franchise values are going through the roof. If anybody's having a hard time with the business currently, all they have to do is sell the damn business and make a buttload of money doing it. The, the Marlins are like the worst, you know, the Marlins and the Pirates are basically the two worst run franchises over the last 20 or 30 years. The Marlins are even worse than the Pirates in the sense that they have no fan support locally. Nobody goes to Marlins games. And they sold for $1.2 billion. And if you put them up for sale today, they would go for more than that. Why do we think that is? If it's such a risky business, why do teams have to sort through options of who to sell to? Why do we have bidding wars for teams? Why do the values keep going up if it's such a risk? It's not a risk. There is none. I saw some dude today on Derek Gould's chat like, you know, the players got guaranteed contracts. Dude, the owners have guaranteed contracts too. Their deals with ESPN and Fox, those TV deals, the local, the regional sports, those are all guaranteed contracts. And the guaranteed contracts that the owners have add up to billions of dollars. Just like the players, by the way. The players have guaranteed contracts. Theirs add up to about $4 billion. Well, the owners' ones add up to more than that. But that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the owners making more. I mean, you know, they bought the damn teams. Like, I'm not an anti-owner guy, but I want your arguments to be good, not lazy. They take all the risk. Again, there is no risk. And by the way, the degree of risk is relative, right? 
I mean, if you're already a billionaire and the team that you're running in baseball loses $50 million in a year, do you even notice? Do you even notice? Oh, you know what? No, you don't. You know why you don't? Because what you do is you'll write that off while your other businesses are making billions of dollars for you. And not this is not a I hate billionaires thing. I'm just saying that you think that they're taking risks and they're not. If the if some of the smartest and wealthiest businessmen in the world are always wanting to get into this business and you have to beat suitors away with a stick when it's time to sell, it can't be that risky. If it was that risky, nobody would want these franchises. But oh boy, man. As soon as a team, even when the worst team in the league is put up for sale, even when the least valuable franchise is put up for sale, you've got people coming out of the woodwork that want to get in. You have to vet the suitors. And then you get a record price. There's no risk, guys. That's all I'm saying. If there were risk, you'd see a lot fewer of these dudes involved. All right, let's talk about ESPN's top 100 list. Because, you know, I I'm, I won't go too deep into the whole why is Derek Jeter ranked ahead of Albert Pujols? I mean, we know why. It's because he was a Yankee and there's a narrative for Jeter. He's Derek the leader Jeter, and he made it all happen in New York, even though they had the highest payroll in baseball every year and he was surrounded by all-stars and Hall of Famers. No, 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 they didn't win World Series because of that. They won because of Derek Jeter. But the rest of the top of the list is is every bit as nonsensical as that particular ranking with with Derek Jeter a couple of spots ahead of a far superior Albert Pujols. Let's talk about this dumb list and why it could be so much better if you just stop kissing Yankees' butts next on KMOX. All right, so let's dive into this ESPN Top 100 Players of All Time list. Look, I like these kinds of lists. They're fun. And they are honestly meant for creating arguments. I mean, that's it's always going to do that because we all, none of us, there, there's no objective Top 100, right? There, it's all subjective in some way or another. But there are certain patterns that are hard to ignore with things like this. And, you know, last week, I was, you know, I I wasn't super angry, but I I was annoyed. You know, a lot of tweets about you know, the fact that they, you know in this top one hundred, Derek Jeter is number twenty eight, and Albert Pujols is number thirty, and Albert is a far superior player. And basically, every argument in favor of Jeter over Albert is based on the fact that Jeter was on a team that made the playoffs every year and won a bunch of World Series, which. He was a big part of. I would never argue that he wasn't a huge contributor in that regard. But come on, man. He was surrounded by all-stars and Hall of Famers every year. Roger Clemens, Bernie Williams, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, Jason Giambi, Alex Rodriguez, Paul O'Neill. I mean, the, the number of star players around it was starting in, in his rookie year. You know, in his rookie year, they had Tim Raines, Daryl Strawberry, David Cohn, Jimmy Key, Joe Girardi, Tino Martinez when Tino was good. Joe Torre was the manager. I mean, come on. We give we give that we give individual players way too much credit for team success. And in Derek Jeter's case, it's the most exaggerated of all because it's also the sport where one individual matters the least. Right? 
I mean, if you if you're a basketball player, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, one player makes a huge difference because that guy's going to have the basketball in his hands every time down the floor. And he's going to be defending somebody on the other side. He's out there most of the game and has possession of the ball or is near the ball all the time. Same thing is true in football, right? If it's a quarterback, they have an outsized impact on everything. You know, it doesn't exist in baseball. The hitter's only going to get four plate appearances, maybe five per game. As a defender, you might get six plays hit your way, six balls hit your way at short. You might get one. You don't know. But we do that too much. We do too much of the whole, well, the you know, championships, right? That's why I argued about the Brady thing. Like Brady's the a great example of a solid argument because you don't need the team achievement to measure him. He's got the individual achievements too, right? Like he he's at the top of the leaderboards in the individual stuff. But in this top 100, there are I'm not even going to go further back. Uh, oh, I'm going to go a little further back because that's the top 30, right? They have Albert at number 30, which, by the way, guys, is a decent number for Albert. I've had a few people respond like he's a top 10 all time. No, he's not. No, yeah, he was on that track when he was a Cardinal. His first 11 years, he was that guy, but he hasn't been that guy for a decade. And the decline over the last decade keeps him out of it. Now, should he be a higher than 30? I can buy that argument, but I wouldn't really stress it. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, maybe he's 25 instead of 30, right? I mean, you know, you, I know it's tough because some of the guys on this list are steroid users. They didn't do the Hall of Fame thing. They're not excluding them. And by the way, here's another nonsensical thing. So we're not we're not penalizing anybody for steroid use on this list. But you only have A-Rod 26th all time. A gold glove shortstop with 696 home runs and 2,000 RBS. And again, we're not penalizing anybody for steroid use because Barry Bonds is number eight. If you're including these guys and not penalizing them, how is A-Rod only 26th? 3,000 hits. I mean, he's four home runs shy of 700. If you're including him on the list, he has to be higher than this. He has to be. I mean, it's just, it, it's irrational. And what it does, again, what it comes down to is, well, he didn't, he's not he's not Mr. October. Well, okay, but God, that's not the bulk of your career. The other thing that really irritated me in that range that we're talking about where Albert's at number 30 was Mariano Rivera at number 31. Now I love Mariano Rivera. I'm a huge fan. I don't think there's any question that he's the best reliever in the history of the game. I, 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 he did not, he, he never had a bad year. I mean, it's really, it's really impossible to understand how great that man was. He never had a bad year. He's so his first year, he was still kind of a starter. He had 10 starts and nine relief appearances, and he had a 550 ERA. Then he became a full-time reliever the year after that. His worst year, he played 19 years. After that rookie year where they were still kind of figuring out what he was, his worst year in his next 18 years 
was a 3.15 ERA. That was his worst year. And it was a 2.65 fielding independent. So Mariano Rivera went 18 years without a bad season. That's insane. He's the best reliever of all time, and I don't think it's close. But how is any reliever ahead of Bob Gibson and Sandy Koufax? How is that even possible? Like, no reliever at any point in the history of the sport is more valuable than a number one starter. Forget number one starter. Hall of Fame starter. They're not even in the same conversation. They had Gibson at 33, Koufax at 32, and Mariano Rivera at 31. That's just stupid. It doesn't make any sense at all. And this is the point. If Mariano Rivera could have even been a third starter in the big leagues, he would have never saved a game. If the New York Yankees thought this guy could pitch 190 innings a year as a number three caliber starter, he would have never moved to the bullpen. That's the difference between a closer, even a great one, and a starter. Because almost every one of these kinds of starters with the stuff they have would have been dominant closers. Just look at Smoltz, Eckersley. The guys that got that chance were pretty damn good at it. But this is, and look, I know that putting together a top 100 is hard. I know that you're not going to get a consensus. There's no automatic. But again, there are some principles that you could set, some rules that you could set that make a difference in this. Like one, team achievement is nothing more than a tiebreaker. Like if you looked at Derek Jeter and another player that had exact same numbers career-wise, and you're like, okay, the postseason stuff is the tiebreaker. Cool. All right. I mean, that that's fair. You got to break the tie with something, right? Why not break it with something on the field? But when it's not close, the, the postseason stuff is irrelevant. It's such a small percentage of a player's career, it's just not relevant. Okay, one more thing here, and actually I have a couple more I want to get into in the last segment. Pete Rose is not the 34th best player of all time. I don't care how many singles he hit. Pete was a really good player for an extremely long period of time. He is not one of the top 34 players in the history of the game. I mean, it's every guy behind. I, I would put Pete in the top 100, but he would be in the 80s or 90s. He was not a good defender. I mean, he played like 74 years and only hit 160 home runs. Yes, he's got a lot of hits. And by the way, he deserves credit. That's why, he, to me, he should be in the hall. He is a good player. In fact, maybe even what you would call a really good player. But in no sense of any, no, in no common sense view, can he be looked upon as a top 50 player of all time? All right, now I want to take a look at the top 10 and talk about some of the dumb things that are in, that are in the top 10 and around the top 10. Like, how is Cy Young 21st? He's only the standard by which all other pitchers are judged. We'll close on that up, that and a couple of quick things in the top 10 next up on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen. 
Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, let's close with a couple more quick things out of this top 100, uh, because, again, I, I love a good baseball argument as much as anybody. I mean, I really do enjoy these things. They're fun. Requires you to do a little homework. Requires you, too, to think about things that matter, right? Like, it, you can kind of evaluate what what makes a player have impact. What are the things that they control as opposed to what are the things that they benefit from? Like, having a team full of all-stars every year of their career around them. Or or the opposite, of it, you know, a guy like Mike Trout. Is Mike Trout any less of a star player because he's on the Angels instead of the Dodgers? Because if he was a Dodger, they'd be winning the division every year. They'd be, you know, win the World Series like they just did. And his his legacy might be different in some people's eyes, but he wouldn't be any different as a player. So let's finish up with a few thoughts on some of the top 25 and then we'll close there because this will be the end of it. I, I I love doing these things, but boy, and I know that ranking all players of all time in a top 100 is hard to do. But again, if you lay down some simple guidelines and follow them, it's not that hard. Like mm, maybe the pitcher who is the measure of all pitchers that have followed him should be higher than 21st on the list. Cy Young at 21. He's, again, he's, he's literally the measuring stick. For a pitcher, how is he number 21? How is he, how is he, what, like seven spots behind Pedro Martinez? And I love Pedro, by the way. I'm a huge Pedro guy. He's super underrated. He and Maddox and Clemens, what those guys did during the steroid era is pretty ridiculous. Uh, Also, how, how is Mike Trout behind Ken Griffey Jr.? I mean, like I know that Griff's got the counting numbers because he played longer, but think about this. Ken Griffey Jr. played like 19 years. 1989 to 2008. And actually, I think that's actually 20 seasons. But he missed some time. But he had 83.8 war in 19 years. Mike Trout has 76 in 11 years. Like, it's not close. Trout's numbers are far better across the board. I know he's not done it for as long, but again, I mean, that's kind of a weird comparison. Um, How about this? These kind of struck me too. We're getting into the top 10 now and we're getting into some interesting things here. Like, okay, we're not doing the steroid discount. We're not pushing people out because they took steroids. Bonds, A-Rod, these guys are all on the list. Clemens on the list. If, If we're including these guys, then how is Barry Bonds number eight? Behind Mickey Mantle and Lou Gehrig, whose numbers are not even close to Barry Bonds. Mickey Mantle is an all-time great. I agree. He's a top 10, 12 player, 100%. Bonds hit 230 more home runs than, than Mickey Mantle did. 162 war compared to 110. It's not close. Bonds, if, if we're including Bonds, if we're including him and... Maybe you could make the argument they shouldn't, but they did. If you're including him, there's only one guy that can be ahead of him, and it's Babe Ruth. I, I think you could even argue that his numbers are better than Ted Williams' numbers. And, I, you know, if you, if you add in the years that Ted Williams lost to the war, he lost three seasons in World War II, and they were in his prime years, 
you know, Ted's probably if 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 you had those years, Ted's probably ahead of Barry. Okay, so fine. Then it's Ruth and Williams ahead of Bond. But there's no argument for Mickey Mantle over Barry Bonds. There's no argument for Lou Gehrig over Barry Bonds. There just isn't. Not based on the numbers that they put up, how they relate to their era, none of it. Except for those two guys played for the Yankees. That's it. That's the difference. But I do think this is true. I think we have the top three are pretty accurate. After the top three, it gets tough. You can change the order around a little if you like, but Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Babe Ruth are the top three, and I think that those are the correct top three. And I think, to me, Babe is number one no matter what because he was the first. He was the first guy that put up the kind of numbers that he did with power in the history of the game and still today. A hundred years, like almost a hundred years after he retired, like 90 years after he retired, he is still the standard that hitters are matched by or, or matched up against. So yeah, Babe Ruth, number one, I, I, that's a zero question. Mays and Aaron two and three. Cool. I could flip those two, one or the other, but absolutely okay with me, but come on, man, <laughs> a little consistency would be nice. That's going to wrap it up for Monday night. We do not have a show tomorrow night. we got Billikens basketball here on KMOX. That'll start at 6 o'clock. We'll have full shows on Wednesday and Thursday and then 90% of the show on Friday. So plenty of Super Bowl talk, more baseball, some hockey, and college hoops coming your way throughout the rest of the week here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.